Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Redman's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for your people. I thank you for Word of Truth Family Church who are reaching hundreds and even thousands of people. And I pray today that my voice will be your voice. And Father, you will anoint the ears of those who hear. And whatever the Spirit of God wants to say to them, they will leave this place with not just conviction, but Father, they will leave this place convinced that their lives will be better after having, word, ha- having heard the word of truth. And so as I decrease now, I thank you for the anointing of God increasing so that everyone here will be fed in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week I did a video, a sermon video. How many enjoyed the sermon video? Amen. And uh, I want to stay in the theme of principles for promotion. And I want to start it out because this story, I feel, depicts uh, what I want to talk about today. So I, I received a testimony from one of our members that says, Pastor, First of all, I would like to thank you for constantly speaking favor for the faithful over the Word of Truth Family Church congregation. God has truly been allowing favor to fall on me and my family. I started a job about two years ago. Now, this is a male that wrote this. I started a job about two years ago. Shortly after I started, a position became available that I was interested in and applying for. Not only would this be a promotion. Everybody say promotion. Not only would this be a promotion, it would allow me the opportunity to fast track my career and teach me several years worth of information about the company's overall operation in just a matter of months. So I applied for the position. And a few days later, I was handed a stack of papers about a half inch thick to study because, of course, I was required to take a test. Look at your neighbor and say, are you taking a test? Thinking I had plenty of time, I didn't study right away. Everybody say, that's procrastination right there. However, three days later, I, I was notified by my supervisor that I needed to go take the test. In mine, I was thinking, wow, I am totally unprepared. Well, ironically, the night before the test, which when he was getting ready to study... I was very angry at my youngest son for bringing me homework to help him with right before bedtime. He needed help with algebra, 
geometry and finding the area of certain shapes. These were math problems I had not done in years. So after researching the problems and brushing up, we finished his homework around midnight. How many know you ready to go to bed after that? Well, the next day I had to take the test for the position. Pastor, guess what was on the test? The same problems that I had helped my son with the night before. God is awesome. I passed the test and got the position. I was so excited, I rewarded my son with a pair of Jordans. <laughs> you never know how God may use your children to prepare you for greater things. Thank you for pouring into us. And this morning, I still want to stay in the theme of principles for promotion. And one of the keys to promotion that I talked about on last week was serving. Everybody say serving. serving. And, and today, being Father's Day, I believe today's message will help every father. But also, I think it will bless anyone who desires to be promoted in, in their life. How many would like to be promoted in your life? Let me see your hand. Amen. So... Today, I'm sharing more principles that will unlock doors of promotion in your, in your life. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down today's title, which is the same as last week, and that is Principles of Promotion, Part 2. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to find 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verses 6, and 1 Chronicles 26, verses 4. I'll say those again. 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verses 6, and then 1 Chronicles chapter 26, verses 4. And as you find those, I'm going to redefine the word promotion. Promotion in the dictionary means to advance in rank or position, to move forward, or watch this, to be pushed onward. Raises are based on hard work. However, a promotion is based on your current hard work and your potential contribution, watch this, of future work not yet done. So many believers are comfortable with getting raises and raises are nothing but a financial increase based on your current hard work. But a promotion is bigger than that. A promotion changes you to another level. And how many know when you change to another level, guess what? Your blessings go to another level. So I have one point that I'm going to give you this morning. And here it is. Promotion is about the heart and not about the cart. You'll get it in a minute. Promotion is about the heart and not about the card. Now notice I'm dealing with the heart when it comes to promotion because that's where uh, most people miss it. In other words, they want the money but their motives are wrong. So say this with me. Say promotion is about the heart and not about the card. In other words, promotion doesn't start with what I do on the outside but who I am on the inside. Now, let's read 1 Chronicles chapter 13. This story, let me give you a backdrop quickly. 
There's a guy in the Bible whose name was Oba-Edom. Now, uh, that's not a modern-day name, but, you know, it's a normal biblical name. But Oba-Edom was the guy, and he was just a normal guy. Now, what had happened was the Ark of the Covenant, which, which housed the presence of God in that day, had been stolen and was in the hands of the Philistines. Now, what was interesting, if you go back and read it, everywhere the ark went that was in the enemy's territory, sickness began to fall on those people because they were false worshipers and God is the true worshiper. In fact, in one case, they put the ark of the covenant inside with another uh, pagan God and every time they came in that God had fell down on its face on its own you know why because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord can you say amen to that so now we're picking up the story because uh, they finally got the covenant back or the ark of the covenant back they were happy David went and got it so in verse 6 we're going to pick up the story and David went up and all of Israel to Bala that is to whatever that word is that I'm not going to try to pronounce which belongs to Judah to bring the ark of God the Lord that dwells between the cherubims whose name is called on it verse 7 and they carried the ark of God in a what? Come on, class. In a what kind of cart? They carried the ark of God in a new cart. Now, I'm not sure why they changed it from the old cart. But for some reason, there was a new cart. And then watch this. It came out of the house of Abinadab. And Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. Now, those were sons of Abinadad. Now, just notice it just says that they went and picked the cart up out of the house of Abinadad. Now, let's look in verse 8. And David and all of Israel played before God with all their might, with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. See, that just defies, you know, uh, the Church of Christ who says uh, we shouldn't use instruments. I'm not stepping on nobody's toes. I'm just reading the Bible. Verse 9. And when they came to the threshing floor of Shidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled. In other words, let me give you a picture. They had this big cart, and on the cart was the Ark of the Covenant. And then they had some oxen pulling the cart. Well, they were pulling the cart, and the oxen hit a pothole or something and stumbled. And so Uzzah felt that, I don't want the Ark to fall. So the Bible says, watch this now, he put his hand to hold the Ark, for the oxen had stumbled, verse 10, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he had put his hand on the ark, and there he died before God. Now, let me just say this before we move on. 
That says something to me about his dad, Abinadad. Okay, because obviously Abinadad didn't have protocol for the ark when it was at his house. Because his son would have knew that there are certain things you don't touch. There are certain things you don't do. Amen. So in verse 11 it says, And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. Wherefore that place is called Perizuzzah this, to this day. Verse 12. And David was afraid of God that day saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? Verse 13. So David brought not the ark home to himself to the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of who? Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of God remained, watch this now, with the family of Obed-Edom in his house, how many months? Three months. Now let me just tell you this, you can go back and read it, but it was actually in the house of Abinadad for 20 years. So here it is, Obed-Edom, they invite him to keep the ark in his house. It was in his house for three months. Watch this now. This is good. And the Lord did what? What did he do? What did he do? He blessed the house of Obed-Edom. Read it with me. And all that he had. Now let me ask you a question. Why didn't it say that about Abinadad? All it said about Abinadad was the ark was at his house. Why didn't it say that the Lord blessed him and all that he had? Look at your neighbor and say, that's a good question. Why didn't Abinadad experience the blessing that Obed-Edom did while the ark was with him? Well, go to 1 Samuel chapter 7. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 7. Obed-Edom knew something that Abinadad didn't. I'm going to give you three principles today that will help you be promoted uh, starting with God, but it starts with your heart. There was something about Abinadad that made him not be qualified for the promotion. 1 Samuel chapter 7. Now, this has a lot of names in it. I may not pronounce all of them, but I'm going to start in verse 1. And the men of the city of K, that's what I'm going to call it, they came and fetched up the ark of the Lord. And they brought it, now, now this is the story before, they brought it to the house of Abinadad in the hill and sanctified Eleazar, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, while the ark abode in the city of K, that it was a long time, for it was how many years? I told you it was 20 years. This man had the Ark of the Covenant. He had the presence of God in his house for 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spoke unto all the house of Israel, which included, you know, Abinadad. If you do return unto the Lord with all of your what class? With all of your hearts. Then put away the strange gods of the God of A, Aristotle, 
or whatever, Ashtaroth. That sounds about right. He says, put that away from you and prepare your what class? Prepare your hearts unto the Lord and do what? Serve him only. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and, and Ashtaroth and served the Lord only. At the time that the ark was in Abinadad's home, the children of Israel's hearts weren't right. That included him. See, you can have a reverence for God or know him and not respect him. Some of us respect our property more than we respect the things of God. Come on now. Back in the day, everybody say back in the day. I know I'm showing my age right about now, but I'll tell you something. Something about the old saints, they made you respect God. I remember sitting in the Presbyterian church. I mean, it was cold as ice in that church. But I tell you what, we went to church every Sunday and I'm sitting there in that church and I'm playing the interwinter spider. I wasn't making no noise. I wasn't bothering nobody. But I'm playing the interwinter spider and my grandmother or mother, one of them, they both the same. Pinch the heck. And it wasn't just a regular pinch. See, it, 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 a regular pinch is just discipline. But when you twist it, that's the devil. Man, the saints of all had a respect for God that is being lost today. And let me say this to you. Abinadad did not have the blessings of God because he didn't respect the presence of God. Can somebody say Amen. And I believe there are three things that Obed-Edom did that caused him to be blessed by God. Let me give you the first one. Number one, he had a clean heart. He had a what? A clean heart. You can just write down Psalm 51.10. David said, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now, listen, it didn't say a perfect heart. It just said a clean one. Now, a clean heart also says that my heart can get dirty. Amen. Now, there's, there's remedy for a dirty heart, and that is just the confession of your sin. That's as easy as it gets. I mean, we don't have to go and sacrifice any animals. We don't have to go to the temple and confess our faults to the, to the priest that sits in the booth. How many know he got sins too? Who he talking to? You ever wanted that? He's sitting in a box. I'm not bashing the Catholic Church. I'm just saying what the Bible says. He's in a box and you telling him all your sins. Who he talking to? Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's what happened to Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom had a heart that was clean because it showed up in God blessing him. 
Not only did God, see, it's one thing to, for just one person to be blessed, and it's another thing for a group of people to be blessed. If you notice, it says that God blessed him and his house. Can you say amen to that? It's the condition of our heart that causes us to see God. So I believe that Obed-Edom had a clean heart. And my question to you is, what's making your heart dirty? Sometimes we let people who don't deserve the room in our heart to make our heart dirty. I'm talking about that ex-husband. Real quiet right now, ain't it? I'm talking about that ex-wife. I'm talking about that ex-boyfriend. Why don't I just go on down the aisle? Ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend. Why don't we just talk about what your spouse? You know your spouse can make you mad. Amen. He had a clean heart. Here's number two. He received the ark. He received the ark. In other words, have you ever had somebody come to your house unannounced? How many like that? Let me see your hand. You like that? One person. (laughs) We praying for you, brother. No, no. Most of the time, you want to know when people are coming by. Because you just want to make sure, you know, your house is clean and everything's accommodated. You can, you, you know, you, you may be get, getting ready to leave. So everybody likes to notice. Well, I don't think they gave Obed-Edom a notice. Because you don't need a notice for the presence of God. You know, sometimes God is having to use other people to say things to us because we haven't been hearing him. Amen. That's like somebody knocking on your door and you didn't invite them. Sometimes we're not hearing God because our hearts are not in the right place. He received the ark. Amen. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19, just write it down. It says, Behold... I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is saying here, I want to do something new, but, but can your heart hear it? Can your heart see it? See, if your heart's not right, you can miss God. And you know, most of us, we say, well, you know, have you ever... Uh, uh, offended somebody and you didn't find out about it till later and you know maybe months later and you didn't even find out from them you found out through somebody who told them and 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 your defense mechanism says well I didn't intend to offend you well that's not the point if they said you offended them You offended them. I mean, if somebody stepped on your shoe, they stepped on your shoe. And you saying, well, I I, I didn't intend to do it. Well, guess what? Intentions don't work when the actions have already taken place. Well, see, most people, they intend to have and receive the presence. But then the next step, here's step number three. 
Obed-Edom respected the ark. Everybody say he respected the ark. Now, here's what I think happened. I'm just using my uh, spirit-filled, holy imagination. I believe, uh, let's pretend that this microphone is the ark. And if Obed-Edom had company and they came in, he set some rules for them. He said, come on in. I'm happy to have you. Welcome. Uh, You can sit anywhere you want to sit. But see this area right here? It's forbidden. If you're going to do anything, you need to worship this presence. You can't talk about it. If you're going to talk about the presence, you got to leave. In fact, I I can't even hang around you if you're going to defile my God. In other words, he had a protocol to those who came, he came in contact with. Write down 1 Corinthians 15, 33, because this is where I feel most people miss the mark. It says, do, I'm reading on the Amplified, do not be deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion, associations, corrupt and depraved good manners and morals and character. In other words, who you hang out with, who you allow to come into your space can corrupt your manners. I, I, know, you, I know you're around Christians that drink, and that's fine if they want to do that. But listen, if it's your conviction that you shouldn't, then why are you letting what they do influence you? Touch your neighbor and say, let's look at him. Let's do it like that. He respected the art. In fact, go to, uh, I'm going to read this out of the Living Bible real quick. Let me, let me read this. This is, oh man, I'm, whew. Okay, let me read it out of the Amplified real quick. He says, when I wrote to you before, I said not to mix with evil people. But when I said that, I wasn't talking about unbelievers who live in sexual sin or are greedy cheats and thieves and idol worshipers. For you can't live in this world without being around people like that. What I meant was that you are not to keep company with anyone who claims to be a brother Christian but indulges in sexual sins or greedy or swindler or worship idols or is a drunkard or is abusive. He said don't even eat lunch with people like that. And the sad part is some of our closest friends do that kind of stuff. And you know what? We're okay with it. Oh, man. Oh, man. So it's supposed to all be just, I can't just give you candy at church. Because candy will eventually rot in your teeth. I got to give you some meat so you can chew the candy, right? Well, Well, some of us. We need to reevaluate who are around us. Because maybe, just maybe, they're keeping us from the presence. Here's the last thing. I thought this was interesting. Obed-Edom, not only, I'm going to start back from the top. Number one, he had a clean heart. Number two, he received the ark. Number three, he respected the ark. But number four, which I thought was awesome, is that he followed the ark. You would have thought that when they came to get that ark from his house, he would have just said, okay, guys, 
good to know I had a great time. God blessed me. No, 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 no. He didn't just have the ark in his house. He followed the ark because he knew that the presence of that ark is what brought blessings in his life. And what happens is people, believers, get blessed. And the same thing they were doing to get blessed, they stopped doing. Come on now. When you were broke, you was at church every Sunday. Praying that God would bless you. When you needed that breakthrough, Lord, you were right here at the altar praying. But it gets a point now. That's why it says in in Deuteronomy, he says, listen, when God has blessed you, don't forget that it's the Lord your God that has caused you to prosper. Let's close here. First Chronicles 15. First Chronicles chapter 15. Let's close right here. Let's close right here. He followed the ark. And let me tell you what else happened with uh, this guy. He taught his kids how to respect the ark. Let me tell you what I'm going to show you why. First Chronicles 15, look at verse 24. Now, I ain't going to try to name all these names again. It says, And Shebaniah, and Jehoshaphat, and Nathaniel, and Amasiah, and Zechariah, and Benaiah, and Eleazar, the priest, did blow with the trumpets before the ark of God. Watch this. And over Edom... And Jehiah were what? Doorkeepers what? Man, they said, you know what? We're going to protect this presence. They followed that ark wherever it went. Remember now, this is a type of Christ because remember, in the wilderness, the only way they knew God was moving is the Bible says fire was at night and a cloud by day. They followed God. Well, he followed this ark. Go to 1 Chronicles 26. 1 Chronicles 26. Look in verse 4. 1 Chronicles 26, 4. It says, Moreover, the sons of Obed-Edom were Shemaiah, the firstborn, Jehoshaphat, the second, Joah, the third, and all his other sons I'm not going to mention. Verse 6. And also unto Shemaiah his sons were sons born that ruled throughout the house of the father. For they were mighty men of what? They were mighty men of valor. Look in verse 8. All these of the sons of Obed-Edom, they and their sons and their brethren, able men for strength, for service. Obed-Edom showed his sons how to serve. So here's my question. What's in your heart that's keeping the presence out? It's simple stuff sometimes. Stuff like unforgiveness. Stuff like, uh, uh, here's the thing. You ever, you ever uh, went by somebody and you didn't want to speak to them? Raise your hand. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, maybe you were the person that people don't want to speak to. <laughs> when that happens, you got to check yourself. Something's, you are letting some darkness come into the presence. 
Because Jesus wouldn't walk by somebody and wouldn't speak to them. Can I get an amen on that one? What's in your heart that's keeping the presence out? Because let me tell you something. When your heart is clean, the blessings will flow that you can't even stop. I mean, they will flow. I'm not saying you won't have challenges, but what I am saying is, you're talking about the windows open and blessings coming out. No one in your life is so important enough to block your heart. So with every head bow, I know this was a challenging. Get See, this is an inside out message. Because you can be smiling on the inside, on the outside, you can be smiling and frowning on the inside. What's, what's blocking your heart? Is it, is it an offense that happened to you long ago? Is it a violation that someone may have done when you were younger and you couldn't defend yourself? What, what, was it that absentee father that was never in your life? Was it how your mom treated your siblings better than they treated you? What, what's, it, what's blocking your heart? What I'm trying to do is to help you see that the more you open your heart, the more the presence comes in. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that these words from, the, from this page have reached the spiritual places of our hearts. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to begin to reveal things right now that have been blocking. I'm talking to somebody right now. Uh, your ex has not been paying child support. Every head still bowed. And, 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 and here's the sad part. He's able to, but he's not doing it. And it's burning you up. God is saying, he's not your provider. I am. Let him go. Hallelujah. There's someone here where your parents passed or deceased. And, and they didn't leave you what they left the other siblings. You really didn't get a fair shake in the wheel. God is saying, let it go. Hallelujah. Somebody here, somebody else was driving your car and they totaled it. They totaled the car. And they didn't mean to total the car, but they totaled it. Let it go. Just let it go. Some of you all are, your, your heart toward, you, you love your kids, but they're not obeying you like you want them to. And it's causing your heart to be dark. Where now you, instead of being loving, you're barking orders. Let it go. Hallelujah.
with every head bowed and every eye still closed. If, if, if you know I was